Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another day's edition of Transformation Radio. All the Father saw in the days of old, would you do it again? Do it again. All the stories told, all the miracles, would you do it again? Consecrate yourselves to me And you will see amazing things We need your revival Holy Spirit fire Burning ever brighter In our souls Kings and kingdoms falling Hear your people call Time to sow and the time to reap. Would you do it again? Do it again. There's a time to heal and a time to build. Would you do it again? Do it again. You said, consecrate yourselves to me. Yes, it is. And the king is among 
As we continue going through the one-year Bible reading for today, our narrative in the New Testament will come from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. We'll see that Titus was a Greek convert whom Paul greatly loved and trusted. Titus was one of the men responsible for collecting the money for the poverty-stricken Jerusalem church. Paul may have also sent Titus with the sorrowful letter that we have been reading about. On his way to Macedonia, Paul was supposed to meet Titus in Troas. When Paul didn't find him there, he was worried for Titus's safety and left Troas to search for him in Macedonia. And then, uh, that's where Paul found him. The good news that Paul received uh, led to this letter. Paul would send Titus back to Corinth with this letter. In the middle of uh, discussing his unscheduled trip to Macedonia, Paul thanked God for his ministry, his relationship with the Corinthian believers, and the way God has used him to help others wherever he went, despite difficulties. Paul resumed his story of his trip to Macedonia. Paul asks, who is adequate for the task of representing Christ? The point here is, our adequacy is always from God. He has given us the Holy Spirit to enable us to speak with Christ's power. He keeps His eye on us, protecting us as we work for Him. Some preachers in Paul's day were hucksters, preaching without understanding God's message or caring about what happened to their listeners. They weren't concerned about furthering God's kingdom. They just wanted money. Today, there are still preachers and teachers who care only about money and not about truth. Those who truly speak for God should teach God's Word with sincerity and integrity and should never preach for selfish reasons. All right, with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. August 28th, the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. When I, Paul, came to the city of Troas to preach the good news of Christ, The Lord opened a door of opportunity for me, but I had no peace of mind because my dear brother Titus hadn't yet arrived with a report from you. So I said goodbye and went on to Macedonia to find him. But thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? You see, we are not like the many hucksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the Word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. And now, our reading in the book of Psalms will be from Psalm 42, verses 1 through 11. Psalms 42 through 49 were written by the descendants of Korah. This guy Korah was a Levite who led a rebellion against Moses. He was killed, but his descendants remained faithful to God and continued to serve God in the temple. David appointed men from the clan of Korah to serve as choir leaders. We'll also read here today in the book of Psalms, 
As the life of a deer depends upon water, so our lives depend upon God. Those who seek Him and long to understand Him find eternal life. Feeling separated from God, this psalmist wouldn't rest until he restored his relationship with God because he knew that this very life depended on it. The question for you and me is, do we thirst and trust in God? And also we'll read about the depression that was obvious in this psalm. Depression is one of the most common emotional ailments. One antidote for depression is to meditate on the record of God's goodness to His people. This will take your mind off the present situation as you focus your thoughts on God's ability to help you rather than on your inability to help yourself. When you feel depressed, I'll take advantage of this psalm's antidepressant. Read the Bible's accounts of God's goodness and meditate on them.
faith is my sheep listen to my voice. That's a pretty important part of tonight. And now this great statement. I know them. You say, well, why is that important? Because you don't know you like he knows you. And so if anybody's going to lead you, it shouldn't be you. Probably should be him because he knows you. Really, really knows you. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one, not anybody, can snatch them out of my hand. Isn't that amazing? He's saying, my sheep, they listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And that tonight is as simple as we can make it. It's as simple as it is. It's, it's learning how to prioritize in our own lives a sensitivity to the small voice of God. Remember the story of Elijah? Elijah's on the run from uh, Ahab the king, and he thinks he's going to get killed, so he runs as far as he can run. He ends up wrestling with this, this angel and hiding in a cave, and in the cave he knows that God's going to come and speak to him while he's in this cave, and first this massive roar of wind comes through, and, but the scripture says Elijah didn't find the voice of God and the huge wind that came through, and then an earthquake happens, something very dramatic, like you know God's got to be speaking when an earthquake happens, and the earthquake happened, and Elijah said, yeah, I didn't hear anything in the earthquake, and then there was this massive, you know, uh, outbreak of storm and he says you know I didn't hear God in any in any of the thundering and then Elijah says that at the end of it there was this little gentle whisper and in that little gentle whisper I heard the voice of God and I went out to the mouth of the cave to see and to hear what God was going to say to me and hearing that voice it just requires I think a conditioning constantly of our hearts to say I'm the sheep and you're the shepherd. What are you saying to me? I'm always listening because I want to be there. I want to be in that moment where the sheep hear his voice and they know that he knows them and they follow him. So I say all that to leverage into this moment and this is the kind of the Louis moment of the deal. For me, tonight is about me having a chance to say to you as a group of people, that my season here teaching this every week is not going to last forever. In fact, it's going to come to an end. And I wanted to couch that in a bigger picture. Because it's hard for me to come to that decision. It was a very difficult thing for me to process through. And I couldn't figure out how to roll in one Tuesday night and say, well, you know, at the end of the summer, we head into the fall, I'm going to step back from 722 for a while. I won't be here teaching. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you next week. We'll conclude the series. And so I thought, how do I process that out loud? And I thought the best way I can is to say that for me in my life and for Shelly and me as we've journeyed through life, we've wanted to be people who could hear the voice of the shepherd, uh, to know that he knows us well, and to follow him in whatever that says. And so for me, when I started about two years ago, and really about a year ago, hearing this little voice in my heart saying, Hey, Louie, 
There's going to be an end to your season here. You've been an incredibly faithful servant. Thank you for being at 722 for all these years and all these Tuesdays, but that season's going to come to an end. I started thinking, that's not the voice of God. That's not the voice of the Lord. Look around. This is the coolest thing on planet Earth. How can anybody not teach here? How can anybody not do this? I mean, you'd have to pry me off of this, you know, with dynamite. I mean, that can't be the voice of God. And another month would go by and be like, you know, your season's going to be ending there. And I'd be like, what season? Not ending, not now ending. I'm not ready to, you know, I'm old, but I'm not that old. I mean, you know, hello. Um, and so a month would go by, and that voice is just there, and it's there, and it's there, and it's there, and it's there. And I just started testing that voice and sitting with that voice and praying around that voice and trying to clear space in my heart to listen to that voice, talking to people I loved about that voice, talking to Shelly about that voice, talking to people that have helped me figure out my life journey about that voice, and finally coming to a place after about a year of going, I'm hearing a still, small voice in the middle of the thunder of potentially one of the greatest ministries that God is doing anything with on planet Earth. In the middle of all of the greatness of it, I'm hearing a little voice. And it's just a gentle whisper. It never was anything like, you know, all of a sudden it's me and you and you and we're the only people here one Tuesday night and I'm starting to get the voice, you know, like, hello, <laughs> we're the last two guys here. And it's like, I got an idea. Maybe God, you know, wants us to not do this anymore. That would be the thunder. You know, to walk in and, and, and all of a sudden have somebody, you know, have a little pink slip for me when I got here on a Tuesday night saying, thank you very much, but, you know, we won't be needing you next week. That would be the earthquake, and it would be like, duh, I get it. Or if the email was jammed up with, please get rid of the speaker, you know, then people would be going, all right, you know, there's a huge wind rushing down through the valley. Maybe it's time, but great. Everything's going so well. But there's this little voice saying, hey, Follow me. I'm like, where? And that's the coolest thing. The where is when you want the map. You want the guide until you get to follow me. And then you want the map. You're like, I'll follow you. I need a map. I need to know where we're going. I want to know exactly what it's going to look like. I'm not not doing this unless I know what we are doing. I'm not taking this kind of step unless I know what's on the other side of it. You know, so if you'll show me all that and you'll give me the map, then we can talk. And he's saying, no, the map is me. How do you feel about following me? And it's been interesting as I've talked to people about it, shared with people about it, and processed with people about it. Pretty much every single person <laughs> at some point has said, that's been the common denominator. Followed by this statement, are you sure? <laughs> and I have to tell you tonight, I'm not sure. I'm not 1,000% sure. That would be a little scary for me to say, I have heard the voice of God, and I am 1,000% sure I have. I don't know that I've ever said that in my life. I'm not sure I want to get to that place because I'm an idiot, and it's very possible that it just could have been voices floating around up there, and not his voice, but just voices. And so how do you know that? Well... You walk it through with people, you don't make hasty decisions, you pray about it a lot, you take a whole lot of time, you wrestle with it, you lay awake at night a lot, you go in your closet and shut the door sometimes, and you just, at the end of the day, need enough certainty of that voice to take that step, and that's what I've got. And so I'm just telling you that I'm doing the unthinkable thing, and it's unthinkable for a lot of reasons, and I've had some people just have enough nerve to tell me, you're crazy. And I said, yeah, I know, I think I am crazy. And I can't imagine taking a step like this. But I'm going to. Because I want to be 
at this stage of my life, not somebody who settles and establishes and consolidates and maintains speed. I want to hear his voice and follow him no matter what. I don't think... When I said earlier in the kingdom path that we risk always, I use risk in a very loose sense because there are no risks with God. None. Zero. None. None of us has ever taken a risk with God. I know it's part of our vernacular. I heard the voice of the Lord. I made this decision. We took a big, huge step of faith. Okay, that's true, but we took a big risk with God. No, you didn't. No one ever took a risk with God. You can't put risk and God in the same sentence. You can't say, wow, we're just going to risk it and trust God. Well, if you're trusting God, you're not risking it. Well, okay, so we're just going to risk it with God and hope He comes through. Well, if you're risking it with God, you're not risking it because you're risking it with me could be a huge risk but if you're risking it with God no risk involved with God I don't care if you're going up Amazon River in a canoe there is no risk with God and obeying God is always a good idea no matter how far you can see whether it's a mile or one inch in front of your face Psalm 42, verses 1 through 11. For the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before Him? Day and night, I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking, as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged. But I will remember you, even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan. From the land of Mount Mizar, I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours His unfailing love upon me, and through each night I sing His songs, praying to God who gives me life. Oh, God, my rock, I cry, Why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They scoff, Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Proverbs 22, verse 7. Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender.
and thank you for listening to today's edition of Transformation Radio. I hope you guys enjoyed and I hope you all have a good day today.